Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen, episode 50, Sex and Submission. So today is the third part of our four-part series, Submission in the Bible. We're going to start with Ephesians chapter 5. What people usually think about when they hear of submission in the Bible is this verse uh, 22 that says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Outside of the church, this is generally taken to mean uh, that the Bible says women are not equal to men and that women must always be submissive, good little housewives. And then they'll run with that and say that religion and Christianity is, is just completely bad because of this verse, which they've taken completely out of context. So we're going to read this in context. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Then, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and his wife see that she reverence her husband. So, first of all, in regards to this podcast series, Sex and Submission, this passage that people so often take out of context is not specifically about sex. All right, so if you look at verse 21, First, it's talking about mutual submission among Christians. So Christians ought to submit to each other. So you have to look at the word submit. What does it actually mean to submit? Well, the definition of submit is to accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority of another person. Another definition of that is subject to a particular process or condition. So when it says submit to each other, then what we should be doing is willfully giving in to each other, not caving in and being a doormat, but allowing the other Christian to have their way so as to have harmony in the church or a particular process where we submit to the authority of the Bible, where if we are wrong and a fellow Christian tells us, hey, this is what the Bible says, we submit to them because they have shown that they are following God and they are following the authority of the Bible. So the whole idea of submission is based in the premise that Christians in general will be submitting to each other and to the authority of Scripture. Then you have verse 22, and you have to remember that the Bible says Christians ought not to be unequally yoked, meaning 
a Christian ought to marry a Christian. Therefore, in context, both husband and wife should be mutually submitting to each other based on the previous verse. However, verse 22 specifically says, wives submit yourselves unto your own husband. Being a wife or a husband is a specific role. It is not saying that women are unequal to men or lower than men and must naturally submit to men. That is not what this says here. It is saying that when a woman takes the role of a wife, she must recognize that the leadership of the house ends with the man. And so in that role as wife, she has to accept that responsibility and authority that the man has. It is not to be necessarily a character trait of women. It is that you're in a mutual partnership when you enter into that role of husband and wife. The two shall be one flesh, right? So if you are one, but you are always fighting at odds with each other because you each demand your own way. It's similar to being like a Siamese twin that has two heads and two brains trying to control the body. And and if they were to always fight each other and never let the other one have control, they would never go anywhere. Well, it's a crude example, but husband and wife are supposed to be one. So they have to have a hierarchy or that partnership will never work. You will have 100% divorce rates. So in a partnership, think of it at work. If the job requires two people to work together, right? Say you have to accomplish a task and prepare a report to give to the senior executives or something like that. Well, the two of you have to work together and somebody has to have the ultimate say-so on that team. You might both be equal. You might both have the same pay. You might both have the exact same job title. But if you don't start out on that project with the understanding that one of you is going to end up being responsible, then you may never get the project done if you both have opposing viewpoints. So the point here is that in the partnership of husband and wife, God has appointed that one of those is going to have the final say-so, have the ultimate authority at the end, and be held responsible for that partnership. And God has chosen the man. So keep in mind that we can't argue against God as Christians. The man is ultimately ultimately responsible in the mutual partnership of equals, and he needs to recognize that. But if heads butt and it comes down to a family decision, the husband or the wife should submit to the husband and let him have that ultimate decision. It doesn't mean you can't argue about it. It doesn't mean you can't debate something. It doesn't mean she can't have her own ideas. It doesn't mean she can't try and convince the husband. But it means that at the end of the day, If she doesn't convince the husband, it is her role as a wife to then submit and let the husband handle it, take his, have his way, if you will. However, the very next verse says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So two things here. First of all, the wife must submit in that partnership. It is not qualified. The Bible verse does not say she must submit 
only if the man proves his love to her. It doesn't say that. It says she must submit, period, because that's the role that God has for husbands and wives. The second part of that is the man has a responsibility to love. Now, I've seen this in counseling with many people where the woman says, well, I'm not going to submit to him because he doesn't love me. Or even if I don't submit to him, he's supposed to love me anyway, so I, I can do what I want. As a woman, that is sinful. The flip side of that is if the man demands submission and never loves the woman and never treats her as he would like himself to be treated, like it clearly says there, then the man is sinning. When we deal with a relationship with a, a spouse, the important thing is that, that you deal with your part of it. Make sure that you are right. Because if you are wrong, remember the Sermon on the Mount where God said in uh, Matthew chapter 6, I believe it was, where he said, if you see a speck in your brother's eye and you ignore the mote in your own eye, that you've done something wrong. You first need to pluck out the moat out of your eye so that you can see clearly to then lovingly get the speck out of your brother's eye. So again, we're talking about Christians here. So husband and wife, if one of you see, say, say you're the husband and you see that your wife is not submitting, the first thing that you ought to do is deal with yourself. Are you loving as Christ loved the church? Because if you're not, you need to deal with that first. Then you can nourish and cherish and help the woman to see the rest of this. Likewise, the woman, if she sees that her husband is not loving, her first thing ought to be, am I submitting? And then you also have at the very end, verse 33, reverence as well. So the man's role in this is number one, love. And it's God's kind of love. It's the agape love. It's the unconditional love. It's not, I only love her if she submits to me. So you have to think about that is God's kind of love, which was sacrificial. Christ gave himself for the church. You are trying, you are unconditionally giving of yourself. First Corinthians chapter 13 speaks about how to love unconditionally, right? So that's the sacrifice. That's the love that we ought to have for our spouse. And then you're supposed to have that pride. Verse 27, Jesus loved the church to present it as glorious, no spot or wrinkle, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. The man's role is a lot more information in there in that than what it does for the woman on the submissive part, right? But don't forget that very last verse. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. The man needs to treat his wife like he would treat himself, like he would want to be treated, take care of her body, right? I mean, that could go to sex too, right? Make sure that she's pleased. And then the wife see that she reverence her husband. That means to regard him with a deep respect or to treat him with deep respect. Men crave respect. So we won't go into that anymore, but I would really encourage you to read all of Ephesians chapter 5. And pray about those things. And remember, it's not necessarily about sex here. It's just about mutual respect for each other and love. Now, the second part of this is, it does not exclude sex. Verse 24 says, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. 
you could argue that this means wives need to be submissive in sex, okay? But it does not specifically say that. So the idea of submission in sex, and I'm not into the BDSM or dominant versus submissive or anything like that, so I, I can't speak 100% on this, but none of those sexual things between a husband and wife are discussed in scripture. So you need to keep in mind when it comes to submission in regards to sex, the cautions that we did in the first episode in this series is that we have freedom in Christ to do what we want, unless it's a direct sin. So you have to keep in mind that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't take things too far, that you mutually respect each other and submit to each other. So if that means you come up with rules for your sex play in your marriage prior to you engaging in anything to make sure that there's mutual consent and respect and love, then by all means, you need to do that before you get into any sort of BDSM or or any sort of submissive play. All right. You have, there are cautions there that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you have to take care of it. So off the top of my head, I would say anything that involves humiliation, defecation, or pain, you know, to the point of uh, blood, right? Now I'm not saying spanking or anything like that. Whatever you guys want to get into, that's between you and God. But you do have to make sure that you take care of each other's bodies. Because what does it say here? As Christ loved the church, men are to love their wives so that they may have no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but should be holy and without blemish. I would argue that marking each other to the point of drawing blood or doing things that are painful or humiliating or could cause damage or is unhealthy those things ought to be avoided when it comes to sex and submission. But understand that those things, we have the freedom in Christ to do what we want with our spouse, with their consent. And don't forget the Bible verse that says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So if you haven't listened to that first episode on the cautions in regards to sex and submission, I would recommend you go back and listen to them, all right? It's very important that you understand uh, episode 47, the cautions that the Bible says. But I'll just say this. If you want to engage in submissive play with your spouse, I can't argue that that's wrong. The Bible doesn't say it is. You have to understand that whatever you and your partner decide to do and whatever you decide not to engage in, If it's not excluded in scripture and or it is not commanded in scripture, then you have the freedom in Christ to do those things. Just because you don't like something does not make it a sin. So for instance, I don't like the whole submissive thing as far as going to extremes. Now, I have no problem with, you know, a few things here and there, maybe spanking or or handcuffs or something like that, that is mutual between my wife and I, but I definitely do not even remotely like the idea of BDSM. Does that mean because I've studied the Bible and I'm a pastor and I'm a good Christian that BDSM is a sin? No, it does not. Absolutely does not mean that. Our preferences, our sexual desires, 
our turn-ons, our kinks, are ours for whatever reason, however they developed in your life. If you are not sinning, then it's not a sin. And to argue that your preferences, your kinks are not sinful, but somebody else's are, is extremely prideful of us. So that is my main caution on the topic of submission today. It's, it's similar to music with your kids or when you were a child with your parents. How many of you ever listened to a style of music when you were a teenager that your parents didn't like? Now, you have to actually honestly think about this, but did, is the style of music that you listened to, was it sinful? Okay, if it was, end of story, you shouldn't have listened to it. Okay, it was sinful. That's not something you should be doing today, right? But if it was not sinful and your parents still despised it, typically you have a couple of responses from parents. They either demand that you not listen to it or they call it a sin because they don't like it or they accept that you like something that they don't and they just ask you not to play it around them, right? It's the same with sexual kinks. So I mentioned earlier, maybe, maybe a spanking here and there, maybe handcuffs for me and my wife. Okay, fine. Is that mentioned anywhere in the Bible? No, it's not. Is it forbidden anywhere in the Bible? No, it's not. Is it commanded anywhere in the Bible? No, it's not. So I cannot tell you that if you are married, that you should have handcuffs in your bedroom, nor can you tell me that I should not have handcuffs in my bedroom. Because if you can't point me to a book, chapter, and verse that forbids it, then it's not a sin, period. Now, my personal convictions might be that I shouldn't do it. And if I violate my convictions, then I have sinned against my conscience. And my conscience, in my mind, I have committed a sin, even though the physical act is not a sin. So you have to understand the difference. So Ephesians chapter 5 talks about these, these roles of protection. I would like to go real quickly to 1 Corinthians 11.3. It says, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So we have a hierarchy here, okay? In the household, the husband and wife, the head of every woman is the man, or the head of the woman is the man, right? That's what Ephesians 5 was talking about. In a husband and wife partnership, somebody has ultimate responsibility and God's going to judge them for what happens in their relationship. He's judging the husband. So that's a little bit of protection for the woman. You know, she can argue her point and then submit to the husband. And now the husband's responsible because he made the choice. She didn't. But then the husband is also responsible to Christ. So the head of every man is Christ. That is the hierarchy. It is the wife the husband, and then Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus told his 12 disciples in Mark 10, 43, but so shall it not be among you. Whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And then Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. So that's talking about how pastors are supposed to be watching out for your soul and they have authority over you and you must submit yourselves to them. We have a fourth element there. It's not just the wife, 
the husband and Jesus Christ, but you also have in there the pastors, those who have authority over you who are watching out for your souls. So he's specifically referring to the disciples and the pastors, the elders of the church and such. So it's very important to understand that the submission is not just for women. It is not about equality because God is talking about Jesus Christ being subject to God, the father, but they're equal. So that rules out the idea that submission is between unequal people, right? And then you have Christians at the very beginning of Ephesians 5, 21 says Christians are to be mutually submissive to each other, but the head of every Christian is Jesus Christ. So Christians are all equal, but we're supposed to submit to each other. So let's keep those things straight in our Christian walk. When it comes to the whole topic of submission, it's not a negative. It is not about inequality. And when it comes to sex, the idea of submission is up to you. It's between you and your spouse and God. So have fun. Enjoy the sexual relationship that God has blessed you with in your marriage. Now, next time, we're going to get into even more of what specifically the Bible says about uh, sexuality. And keep in mind Hebrews 13, 4, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. So we're going to explore that a little bit on uh, the podcast next week. Stay tuned for that. And until next time, may God bless you.